Welcome to the Causenetic Podcast. This podcast amplifies the topics you want to hear about. Causenetic means being a personal thing that gives rise to something that is dynamic or energizing. Globally minded and locally focused. I'm Keith Benson. And I'm Rodrigo Ross. We sat down with 50 top leaders in the YMCA movement to discuss the art of the hustle. This whole um, conversation was about career limiting moves, and we had the opportunity to ask some really riveting questions, answer some questions. So take a listen. So uh, here's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, First one is uh, don't call us, we'll call you. You want to explain what that is? So don't call us, we'll call you is this whole idea of career limiting moves, right? Not the things that other people do to us, but the things we do to ourselves that can kind of thwart our trajectory, right? Whether intentional or not. Mm. I know you, you, well... I know Keith has probably done some. So go ahead and you start the conversation. Me start the conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, so career limiting moves. Um, so when you, when you have that conversation um, and you sense that people are like trying to blow you off, that's like that hint of like, hey, don't call me, we'll call you. All right. And so you want to always put yourself in that situation that uh, don't allow yourself to be caught doing what you shouldn't be doing. So, for example, we'll get some examples. Let's do it. So, if you go to the conference, <clears throat> let's just say you went to a bash, and um, you know, normally when you go to a bash, your attire changes, but you're going to a work bash. Um, now, that may mean that uh, if you do, maybe a couple of buttons coming down, you know, showing off the chest a little bit. <laughs> Maybe as a young lady, what would you say? The hemline going up. Um, you got your body con going. You got your heels on. Mm-hmm. But you're at a, a work bash. I always say you're always interviewing. Always. Always. Please say that again. If you're at the club, you are... At the club. <laughs> <laughs> At the bar. Okay. <laughs> okay. So wherever you are, you never know who's going to be around, and so you're always interviewing. Um, and so as we're talking about this, if you guys have the questions, please fill those out, um, and we want to feed off of some of that right there. A lot of situations that have happened, uh, man, some recently that it really blows my mind. So we talk about um, somebody like how you address your your supervisor. You know, your supervisor, uh, you got issues with them but yet you want to cock an attitude with them all the time, right? So you go into meeting the one-on-one, you know, you got that look on your face, and they looking at you. Like, how do you respond to that right there, Miss Rod? So my grandmother um, used to tell me a lot because even though I'm quiet and shy and reserved now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I used to be a fairly rowdy kid, so my grandmother had to counsel me a lot. And what she used to tell me regularly is, baby girl, it is not what you say. What? Come on, now. It's how you say it. We are not advocating and telling you guys that you should not coach up and you should have the hard conversations with your supervisors. But there is a way to do that that is respectful to them, but more importantly, respectful to yourself, right? That shows your character level. So I know that, you know, the Brooklyn levels in me <clears throat> can go from one to 10 real quick. Hey, 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 it's my turn. Yes. <laughs> um, and so being self-aware and know when your body language 
right, is not matching what you're saying, making sure that when you are speaking to them, it is evidence-based. Do, do we know what evidence-based means? Facts. Facts, right? Like, it's good that you got all the feels in such and such, but come to them with facts. Talk about, you know, from this to that, this is what I have evidence of, this is what, you know, I have challenges with, and think through solutions. Don't just come with things that are rubbing you or things that you are challenged with, but, but take a, a step and, and kind of think a little bit further about solutions. So I hone my skills um, because my, my first supervisor in the Y um, wasn't having it. And so um, she's little, but I was always, I'm still scared of her. She in the back now, I'm not trying to make eye contact. I can't look that way. Um, but she would let me know quick, fast, and in a hurry if my tone was getting out of line, right? And at the time, I was like, oh, she making me act like I got sense. Who does that? But are you passionate when you say that? Is that... That I got good sense? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very passionate about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you're talking with that that tone, right? If you're talking about a multicultural staff member, mm-hmm. it, it's with passion that it's we're talking. Passion. And people don't understand you. Right. Well, yes. There's that, right? So there, there's the idea that sometimes you can come off as the angry something. Uh-huh. Right, because you're speaking with passion. Now, I'm not advocating that you move away from your authenticity. I would never tell y'all not to be who y'all fabulously are. <laughs> with all this AI I just bought, I'm gonna buy some more next week, though. Um, but you do have to realize when you are coming off aggressive and help educate people, right? And and help people get people all the way together when they're trying to to call you the angry something or when they're mistaking your passion for anger or for some buildup of emotions. But you, you do have to keep in mind, it's not what you say, it is how you say it. And it's not a problem saying something with a passion, right? But when you get personal about it, people can tell when that crossover comes. And we still wanna, we still wanna equate that to, to passion. Like your passion is one thing, anger is a whole nother thing. And there's a fine line in between that and the way that we, we show that. Absolutely, when you're with your supervisor, if you're upset about something, it, it is okay to be upset. But it's a matter in how you handle that. Now, sometimes at home, we handle things at a level. The octodons, you know, maybe a little bit up. In the workplace, we may need to bring that down just a couple, right? So that we can get our point across. Because after a while, if you're doing that, it's just going to be like, you, yap, 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 and nobody's going to hear you. And it's always going to be like, you know, your passion. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the short thing that I try to keep in mind is don't let the context mess with your content, right? Like, people can't hear what you're saying if they can't get past how you're saying it. And so be mindful of that and, and practice that, you know, uh, Big Mom told all my business this morning <laughs> in a general session when she said I was rough around the edges, but they ass was not a lie at all in <laughs> none of that. And so I really had to work. I, I had to go and and find people to help me um, keep that passion, keep that authenticity, but but bring it down and 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 put it into the proper context. And so I'm still working. It just depends yes. on, on what. <laughs> what day it is. So let's talk a little about um social media and how we show up. Right? But I mean Facebook Facebook is just our own personal thing, and so we get to do with it what we want, right? I mean, 
No. Can the workplace tell us what to do? A little bit. Dictate? A little bit. A little bit? A little bit. So, like, what if I, um... <laughs> what, what, if, what if I what if I post up, I'm, I'm at the beach, showing off my pack, and, you know... <laughs> you, but hold on. Uh, you at the beach or someone is at the beach? <laughs> yeah, someone, okay. someone, someone at the beach okay. happens to look like me and then it's up on my Facebook page and I'm turning it up. Like, you at the beach turn up? Hey, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. So like, but when we got that, uh, we got that particular post up there because you know if you're that Facebook person, you want to be all over the Facebook. You want to tell folks you going to the grocery store, you going to the beach. Uh, when you get to the beach, you afterwards going to the club, and like that is your brand that you're putting out there. So we're gonna cross over right now and talk about BYOB, bring your own brand. And so what is the brand, what is the message that you put out there about yourself? And then we'll also go back and forth here with career limited moves, is that when you're utilizing Facebook in such a way to be able to, to tell your message, to be personal, because this is you and you being authentic. And being authentic is totally fine. But it's still a matter of how you bring that across. Because what you put out there on social media, you know that doesn't go anywhere, right? Oh, no, not on the internet. In the, on the internet. But if I hit delete, though. It's already out there. It's already, it's out, already there. out Somebody saw it. Yes. Yes. And, you know, brand is intentional, right? It's not organic. Like, you have to work on it. You have to develop and know what it is that you want people to, to think about you. You want to help guide their thoughts. In three seconds, right? So my sisters in here gonna understand the three seconds. One, two, three, right? They look you up and down. What can they discern from you? And you can control that to some degree. Now, yes, there are going to be some things that just based on who you are and your whole beautiful, lovely, wonderful deliciousness, people are gonna make some assumptions, but you can control that. And what is it that you want people to know about you? Do you want them to know that you're detail-oriented? So your shirt is not dingy. Or it's not wrinkled, or you got on a schmedium when you really need <laughs> when you need large, <clears throat> when you're showing off your six. Well, anyway, um, your right pack. Um, <laughs> so yeah, your fanny pack. Right, I gave it that, not me. Fanny pack. They are very fashionable. If you allow fanny packs to be your brand, that that can be your brand. Be your best because you know those things are coming. Those things are coming back. Hey, what questions you guys have out there? I mean, we're we're talking on the note, so I see some. I saw some writing going down. What questions do you guys have? Yeah, I'll take up some questions. David's going to take up a question for us, uh, bring those on up, and we're going to uh, answer those. But we do want to make sure that as we're talking about all of this is that it's how do you put your authentic self always in the room. Um, it's always been intentional about who you are because that is going to develop your brand. Uh, if you want to be passionate all the time and it's coming across as anger, just know that that's what's going to come across. If you want to be passionate, people can see what your true passion is all about. Sometimes that's going to look a little bit different, um, but you always want to be authentic um, in who you are. When you that's a good one. You should answer that one. What if you are at an event and the VP is turned up? If the VP is turned up, you sit back there and watch. 
um, don't you interact in that in that case. I think you got to be very careful about how you engage at that point right there. Um, you can turn up along with them. Understand that depending on who you are sometimes, depending on whether you can get turned up or not. I'm going to give you another grandmaism, right? Don't you let that VP write a check. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That your tail can't catch, right? Like if that VP wants that to be their brand and 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 they feel that that is fine, then it is okay, but you conduct yourself accordingly. I understand you have a choice always, always, always to decide how you're going to show up. Um we can use that. Well, VP is turned up, the CEO is turned up. Why can I get turned up? Because well, you're not the VP and the CEO. <laughs> that, that's pretty that much in that, that part. Now, once you get to be the CEO, then it is what it is. Right, Rodney? Rodney can turn up, right? Because. <laughs> 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 and uh, let me throw this part in there. Um, as a sample color. Like you gotta be um you gotta be real with the audience that you are around. Um, there's going to be times that you are going to see people who are VPs and C-suite leaders that may be turned up. And so uh, don't, don't, don't be fooled always that you can go in and be in that same crowd. Okay? So the other question is, what are some things that need to be unlearned mm. in the workspace? Mm. That's a good question. So one of them that I see is um, interpersonal relationships. Right. And that dynamic. Now, I'm not saying that you're not you're not going to meet your next boo at work, um, but that shouldn't be your main objective at work and, and how you conduct yourself and how you interact with co-workers and 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 how you show up in different spaces shouldn't allude to that. So some of the, the, the regular things that you may do in other social settings, even though you're in a social like setting at work. Some of those things have to be unlearned. Some of those behaviors, some of those interactions, um, some of those conversations or, or the wordplay that may happen between folks in, in those spaces. You, you got to kind of tone that down a little bit. Okay, we've got another question here. How can you control your surroundings without being in the room? To me, I think that is called influence. And so, well, I'm just a program director uh, at the YMCA. Um, I can, I don't have any influence. I, I would I would beg to say that you, that you do, um, because it's going to go back to building your brand. It's that how who are the relationships? What are the relationships that you're building with individuals that are out there? If you don't get the opportunity to build relationships, your influence will never grow. And then you have no control in the room that you're not in. Because if you have if you have influence, you can control a room that you're not in, any space that you're not in, because of the relationships that you have developed. Many times um, people get fearful of going up to the CEO, getting to know the CEO. You know, here's at the end of the day, if they're waking up, they're going to put one foot on the floor at a time. And when they get dressed, they're going to put their pants in on one leg at a time, like a human being. And oftentimes, I would say that a CEO or C-suite leader, they are waiting for folks to come and talk to them. And yet people stand back, well, I don't know him or she looks like this or he looks like that. Don't seem like he's approachable um, only because you don't you don't know him. 
I would dare to say, and especially from a YMCA leader, call your CEO up and ask him uh, can he or she to uh, take you to lunch and talk about your career. Call your um, chief of HR. Hey, can we go to lunch? Talk about your career. Um, closed mouths don't get fed. You can sit back and just wait on that right opportunity, but you got to be the one to create that opportunity. Did my grandma talk to you? She used to tell me that all the time. Closed mouths don't get fed. So that leads to the next question. When is it appropriate to share your dreams and goals? Right now, right? But you got to know what you want to do, right? You have to be succinct. You have to be clear. And you have to be self-aware enough to know what else do I need? What do I need to develop? Uh, what skills do I need to strengthen in order to get to my next level? But start talking to folks. And, and everyone doesn't have to hear your whole you know, life plan and they don't have to hear in 2.5 years, I'm going to do this. And then in three years, I'm going to get those red bottom shoes. And then, or is that just... Just, yeah, know, that would be totally whatever. Yeah. But start sharing that with the appropriate people, with people that you think can be on your personal board of directors, with people that you think can mentor and coach you. Share it with folks who are very much not like you, right? Because they're going to give you a perspective that you may be blind to and, and help you develop some skills. And it, it's okay not to share it with everyone, but you got to start talking to people about what you think your next grader is, because I will tell you the, the thing that I I run into a lot that can be really frustrating is when you feel like you want something for somebody more than they want it for themselves. And we're out here attaching ourselves to folks and pulling strings and promising lunches and I'm going to come cut your grass if you just give this person an interview. And they show up to an interview halfway prepared. They didn't have a good idea what the job role was. Then they thought about it, and hey, I don't really want to do that. You were like, are you serious right now? I'm cutting these people grass for you. So you talked about, uh, you said personal board of directors. So we talk about building your own brand. Talk about what is... What is that? What is a personal board of directors? So your personal board of directors is that trusted group of people that you can go to that's going to tell you the truth. Don't get your best cousin and your friend Deshondra Nika Netane and Pookie from down the street, right? On your personal board of directors, you want to get people who are number one seasoned, who have a track record of success who is, you have evidence that they're successful. It's not just word on the street is, I heard this person. Like, no, you can see where they, they've left a legacy of success. Um, and you want to get this group of people that you have access to regularly. And you want to ask them the tough questions and you want to be open to the feedback. So let me tell you all about feedback. There are going to be many times as you're trying to move through your career and you are going to get feedback that you don't necessarily agree with and you certainly do not like. It's fine, it's just feedback. Take a minute, go shoe shopping, get a massage, do all that, and then listen objectively, revisit, and keep the stuff you want and get rid of the stuff that you don't, right? And so the question was, how can you control your surroundings without being in the room? And so when you talk about getting that uh, personal board of directors, I mean, those are the people that are gonna help move you into a space that otherwise that you may not be able to get in initially. And so developing that and what a personal board director is, it is going to be those probably, I would dare to say probably those six, seven, eight people. Um, and they need not to be um, your good friends. Because no. your good friends, I had somebody, I was talking to somebody about a resume. 
they're putting in for a job. And I said, who'd you get to do? Um, you get somebody to read your resume? And they said, sure, sure did. I said, who? Um, my, uh, my best friend. Like, your best friend is not going to be that critical with you to let you know that your resume is really jacked up. Right? And is your best friend qualified to look at resumes? Right. Maybe, maybe not, right? So another question we have is, as a young black woman in leadership, how do you get others to see you in your next grader? So this is this whole idea of executive presence, right? Gravitas, the it factor. The first thing you have to do is see yourself in your next grade, right? Like you got to envision and then you have to kind of find visual examples of people who are in the spaces where you want to be and start tailing your brand to that. You know, somebody told me a long time ago, Yvonne Joe Harris, in one of the times she was fussing with me. <laughs> um, Rodrigo, you got to dress for the job you want, not the job you have. I said, yes, ma'am. And that day I went out and got my whole life together in my wardrobe. And Your every day... Hey, hey, hey. You told me in my credit report, <laughs> But every day I try to, to come into spaces with a physical presence for what I think my next iteration is. Right? So if you're at a regional Emily conference hmm. and... If I'm not mistaken, the, we had a C-suite panel. This morning? Brother Roger was up there. He did a wonderful CEO job. Thank you, Roger. CEO uh, Waco. The CEO from the Fort Worth Association is in the space. The chief human resource officer for the Dallas Y but if is we, in the space. Okay. And so we said you're always being interviewed. So... Would you say that if you're coming to the regional Emily event that you are interviewing? I would absolutely say that. And if you you say you see CEOs were there, right? C suite yep. leaders were there, right? Mm -hmm. So like you're here in present. Uh, you are with leaders. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how are you showing up? We say, well, I'm off work. I'm not, you know, in the office today. How are you showing up? Because this is a representation um, that you're presenting to leaders. Mm -hmm. That's just real talk right there. And so the first impression, you're coming to me and not being appropriately dressed, in my my personal opinion, is each his own, right? The way you dress. Like you're interviewing. Like how am I to how am I to see that? The the, the reality is that unfortunately as a leader of color, we don't always get the optics, right? We don't see other leaders of color in those leadership spaces. And so optics matter, aesthetics matter. You got to help people see you in those next roles, whether that's physically what you have on or how you walk up and introduce yourself or how you smile and just increase your network. You got to help people see, oh yeah, even though they're just fill in the blank right now. They absolutely can be fill in the blank later. Because I can tell you that when leaders look at you, they're not looking at you where you are today. Like, what what does this person bring to the table? How do I see this person? Not even your next move, but it's two moves even after that. You're a program director now. Can I see you as executive director of an operation? Because if that's what you're telling me, one day I want to be an executive director. That's what a lot of program directors say. One, be careful what you ask for. Mm. Uh, it's mm. not all, all glamorous. Mm. Um, well, I want to be a VP, right? 
And so, like, again, not all glamorous. When I leave here today, I'm going to coach the soccer team. Call it Call it Call it I mean, no, 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 I am, I am like the bomb. Yeah, you are. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you So, but do understand the way that you show up, man. That's the way people see. That's that, that's that first impression. That's that first impression. So here's a good one. Here's a good one. I want to know your thoughts on this one, Keith. Okay. So what are your thoughts on code switching? Do you bite your tongue when you could speak up so that you don't make others around you uncomfortable? Here's what I'm going to say. Oh. Say man. Say man. <laughs> Watch out now. Yeah. So I'm going to tell y'all what say man is. That's not the word. We got a safe word. So when I feel like, <laughs> when I feel like Brother Vincent is about to run off the rails, I go, hey, say man. Say man. Hold it together. Yeah. I think you always got to be authentic. But you gotta know, um, you gotta know what you can and can't say. I mean, let, let's just let's just take it back to your parents. Like when you was a child, like you know, you just can't say anything to mama, right? <laughs> now I, I don't know if y'all. Well, this is being recorded, so I can't I can't put my mama. Your mama gonna get you. But I can say myself now because I'm a couple no, years you old. No, you can't. Don't tell that in this room. My mom about four foot eleven. You know, I still make my heart palpitate a little bit when I, you know. You don't even say it because she live in another town. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> hey, but you got you got to always, I think, be authentic. Um, but you got to understand uh, what you're saying and how you say it. So, I think absolutely when you get in the room and, and people who know me. They heard me say, you, you got to put your voice in the room. Yeah. Because if you if you don't put your voice in the room, when you leave out those doors, it's too late. You can go to the parking lot and you talk all day long, you know, because after this, people going to go to the parking lot and talk. Now, you got a question that you may be burning in your mind or you may even not even agree with what we're saying. That's cool, too. Hey, but write the question down. Let's let's set this conversation about it so that we can help prepare you to be in a space where you can put your voice in the room because you can't put your voice in the room screaming and yelling. Right, you got to take a step back. You can say the exact same thing, but in a calmer way to be able to get your point across. And here's what it's going to do, because um, the question earlier talked about how do you control your surroundings without being in the room? How you show up in that room in the first place will help control that. Your voice matters, big time. Your voice matters. You got to be able to say in the room. Because what you're what you're saying, what you're thinking, somebody else probably wants to say the same thing. But when you put it in there, somebody now has to think about what you just said and won't allow them to maybe go somewhere else thinking about you in some, some different way. So here's my take on code switching. I am a fan of code switching. Like, this is just my perspective. This is a Rodriguezism. I'm pretty enamored with the fact that there's this, like, secret language, right? Like, there, there is this shared experience that allows me to communicate with people um, who, who share some of my experiences with very few words, a couple of looks, right? Um, but I also recognize that Everyone um, does not understand it, and everyone, quite frankly, is not privileged to kind of be in on that that secret conversation. Um, in some spaces, I think it's necessary. Um, you you don't want to give people ammunition to kind of detract from what you're saying. 
Um, in some spaces, it may cause you to have to explain stuff you just don't feel like explaining, right? And, and then you get deeper, and the next thing you know, you mad and you sideways and you can't bring it back together. Um, it, it, it's, an, it's a fortunate and an unfortunate reality for the world that we live in. And, and as leaders of color and you're striving to get to your next level, it is very real. There have absolutely been spaces that I, I've had the opportunity to sit in and um, I've had to really be intentional about what I say and how I say it and, and use phrases that are generally understood. And then I could walk back into the doors of my wonderful while with my folks that I love and it, it's just a whole different me. Um, but like I said, I, I value the, the dimensions and the complexity and the diversity that that brings to my own experience because I can I can walk in both of those spaces. So I don't necessarily think code switching is biting your tongue. I do feel like it is a sign of emotional maturity that you know what to use and what to say and in what spaces to say that in. And I will say how you how you show up. So know the space that you know the space that you're in. Um, I know when to rock my bow tie uh, along with my jacket. So there may be a one outfit. It may just be uh, no jacket and bow tie. Uh, but then there's occasion there's a jacket and a bow tie to come on, and you got to understand the spaces that you that you're in. Um, and so absolutely, you didn't uh, wear a bow tie today. You you real unfancy. Yeah, today Friday. So oh, I figured, uh, you just said because it's Friday. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna bring up old stuff. Okay, so question on the table. Um, as a you want me to read it? Yeah, because I think because I'm struggling. You're struggling. As, <laughs> as a young person of color, a uh, future note, I will be the reader of all the questions. Future note. Oh, Hey, hey, hey. Don't be bringing up old stuff. As a young person of color with lots of career advancement opportunities, how do I build myself up without getting burned out? That's a very good question. I'll take that one. Well, we're going with your bad self. So I feel the YMCA is a place that you got to be called to work. And it's just tough to do what we do on a day-to-day basis and think that you're going to make a lot of money, you know, at the end of the day. Um, we're only going to pay a program director between 35, might get lucky to get 38, you know, coming in the door. Uh, then you're going to bump up, you know, the next bump will probably be somewhere around maybe 45 to 48. You know, you get to executive director, 65, 70, somewhere in that, somewhere in that ballpark. Depending on so you're not going to make a lot of money over time. I mean, I talk to, um, <laughs> young people now, you know, some years younger than me and they are in the forefront. There's a lot of people younger than you. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't, my bad. And I'm sorry, you Hey, 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 just go ahead with the go ahead. Hey. And they make they make it six figures. And you know, they're thirty some years old. Hey. Not the YMCA. Okay. <laughs> I mean, can you make six figures? Yes, you can. We we do pay. There's some jobs to pay, but you just so if it, if you're in here for the money, that's that's. I will tell you that at the end of the day, uh, you, one you can't chase the dollar, so you can go to for profit all day long. Um, I would tell you that if you leave the Y, and again, I'm not saying the Y is in all the be all. 
Um, there's a lot of things that other organizations will not afford you the opportunity to do, like the YMCA. Um, but I, um, I say you got to be called to it uh, in order for you not to get burnt out. Because if you if you don't uh, uh, if you're not answering the call to do this type of work, it's just really tough to be in it for the long haul. Again, I have to go to soccer practice right after this. Okay. Um, I say that the reality is that you are going to have periods of scorch, right? So you don't want to be completely burnt out and, and burned to ashes, but there are going to be times when you are being aggressive about what it is that you want to do or when you're taking advantage of these opportunities that you're going to get a little scorched. And it is a very personal um, decision on how much scorch can you take, right? Self-care is very important, y'all. I will tell you that nobody will love you more than you will love yourself. And you know what your limits are. You know when you have reached the top. You know when you have to tap out and say, no mas. But there are going to be times when you're trying to break through to your next level that that you're going to get tired. You're going to feel burnt out. You're going to feel burdened. You just have to be self-aware enough to know when you've reached your peak. Um, and so I think that's a very personal question on what burned out is because burned out to some people may not even be lukewarm to some other people. But just, you know, understand where you are and don't always compare yourself to other folks. You know, XYZ person went from zero to 100 real quick. Okay, well, that, that's their drive. That's their ride. Your, your journey could be something else. So... Uh, we have several questions uh, so left. It's not being videotaped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we want to make sure we get to all of them. Uh, let me get this one. Doing an interview or accepting a position, what is the right way to discuss pay? Um, so I've uh, done this, I've done a move, I've did a move uh, four times. Um, I want to tell you that I always have a number before they offer you. Uh, if you don't, um, then you're going to lose out. Um, so be prepared, one, when you, um, when you even apply. Uh, one, make sure that you are within the price range. Uh, if they say 40 to 45, make sure that you're willing to accept 40 to 45 because right. that's what they offer. Right. Now, can they go up? They might. They got a couple dollars in there, but you need to make sure. But don't go in like recently somebody uh, came in for a $40,000 job. They wanted 55. Like, why are you applying for first place? Didn't I tell you? No. All right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, right time to discuss it. Know what it is before you go into... Uh, before you even apply for the job and then have a number in mind of what you like to get to. If they offer between 40 and 45 and you want uh, 1 to 45, just, just know that and uh, be ready to negotiate that um, at the end. But it's also, understand this, it's more than just the pay. Uh, you'll learn more about that as you get that executive director up. Um, after this session, talk to Rodney, Rodney Martin back here, CEO of Waco, why he'll tell you how to do that really well. So as a supervisor, how do you handle an employee that has an attitude with you from a past disagreement or decision? They do their job, but they hold a grudge. So the thing is, as long as you establish an environment of respect and friendliness, you can be friendly without being friends. Okay, y'all don't see eye to eye. We have established that these are the success measures. This is the way that is mutually respectable. This is how we're going to conduct ourselves. And then you're just going to have to chalk the rest up and move on, right? Everybody is not going to always hug on you, link arms, sing kumbaya, 
and and you guys are gonna ride off into the sunset together. Like I said, as long as you create the culture and you establish trust and boundaries, the rest of it is what the rest of it is. How soon is too soon to look for your next opportunity for advancement? I hope you're looking today. I mean, if you want to advance, you want to advance, right? So it doesn't take, well, let me sit in the seat uh, five years. I would tell you that um, old theory is let me be here five to seven years and then I can move on. And there will be people, who, there's people that still believe in that theory. But let me tell you this, folks are not waiting. Six months, we had a, a gentleman came in from another another state, uh, came in guns blazing. He took off. We were excited. He was excited. We rolling on along, man. We talking about moving a building and all this. And eight months later, he's like, well, mom, I'm looking to go back. Gone. Damn. I would tell you it would cost he had to pay for that too. That was about nine thousand dollars. Who are you telling that man business like that? Um, <laughs> I shouldn't be saying that. No, but go ahead. No, look, look today. You, um, especially if you are a program director, I would tell you that uh, we only expect you to stay there about eighteen months. If I get two, two and a half years out of you, I'm, I'm good. But. On average, uh, sports directors only stand around about 18 months in a position. And so you constantly see that position turned over. But I'm going to give you the cheat codes to that. You have to do the job you have while you're looking for the job you want. Don't get so focused on that next move that you are really sucking at what you're doing now. Because that 18 months is going to probably turn a lot longer unless somebody pulls the trigger on a different set of actions. Before then, so make, please make sure you are, are clearing well in what you're doing now. You got to multitask. First and foremost, um, would you say passion is an action word, and how can you make sure that your tone is not perceived as aggressive? Passion is definitely an action word. I would say that. So the first part of the question. Um, yeah, you know, you, you can't just talk about it. You got to be about it, right? You have to tell people the things that, that put your feet on the ground every day, the things that um, motivate you to come and do this work every day because it's not always easy. But then you got to actually got to go out there and do it and move the needle and, and make some things happen. But um, in terms of tone, you got to find a sweet spot in the marriage between what you say and your body language when you're saying it, right? Because body language is a powerful communicator as well. And so you could be really passionate about something, but don't have your face wrinkled up and you're all balled up and your arms across. Like, smile, be happy about it. Bring people in, talk about it from an optimistic perspective. And, you know, I would tell people, go to Toastmasters, right? Like, find a concrete program that's going to help you with your public speaking and conveying a message and, and influence and persuasive speeches that you can go and build some solid skills to, to kind of take the edge if, if you feel like your passion is coming across with a little bit of an edge. And then I will say that, you know what, if you're doing your job, when I say doing your job, you know, if, if we all probably have matrix, right? So if it's, I'm supposed to hit a thousand kids and you got 1500 kids, like that's going to speak for itself. And so you will be able to talk freely if you're doing that. And you still got to balance that out. But first and foremost, do your job, like rock it out. Yeah. Like is, 
is your name coming up in conversations when C-suite leaders or that senior team is talking about developing people? Is your name coming up? Thank you for listening to CauseNet. Where our conversations are global. Globally minded and locally focused. Check us out at ymcadallas.org slash CauseNetic. And as always, stay dynamic, stay energized, stay CauseNetic.